Welcome to the Business Focus Podcast. Before we start, can we ask one thing? 74% of you that watch this channel frequently do not subscribe. If you've enjoyed our videos, please could you do me a favor and hit the subscribe button? It helps this channel more than you know, and the bigger the channel gets, the bigger the learning gets. Welcome to the Business Focus Podcast. Jonathan Herbs is the host of the Business Focus Podcast. He is a strategic advisor, coach, and mentor to entrepreneurial business owners, CEOs, and senior executives. In this podcast, he chats with entrepreneurs, founders, and CEOs of scaling companies. It centers around their entrepreneurial journey so far and their aspirations for their companies. Hi there, welcome again. Um, it's my great pleasure today to interview Charlie Hart, who's Managing Director at Hart Rural Agencies. Hi, Charlie. How are you? Thank you, Jonathan. Oh, yeah, where are we talk? Where are you today? Where where um where am I speaking to? Well, I'm Barabas, so I'm actually uh, just to get out of the uh, office environment today at the lunchtime. I have come home to this Zoom call, um, which is five k's out of town. My office is in town. Um, my main office is in town. I've got a couple of offices in um, in Manila as well, but I work out of Baraba and I'm at home at present. Okay, so Baraba is where. Northwestern New South Wales, so we're a hundred kilometres northwest of Tamworth. Okay. So we're right in the area that's called the Northwest Slopes and Plains. Mm-hmm. And, um, so Barab is fifty k's on the eastern side of Mount Caputar. So it's undulating creek and river country, uh, predominantly cattle grazing. I know the area. Many many years ago, I was an armoured reconnaissance um, uh, officer in, in the Australian Army did to work with Hunter River Lancers. So I, I've got a, an idea where you are. Yeah, that's right. They've got a base in Timber. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so, and it, isn't it an interesting technology? I actually, um, we have a, a house down at St. George's Basin. Um, so I'm away from home at the, um, as well. So, and yeah. we're talking, Charlie um, uh, is um, talking to us via um, Skylink, the Elon Musk internet service, satellite service. So it's you know, how it's changed, changed while it's. Yeah, absolutely. It's been really reliable until, funny enough, this morning it was off for a couple of hours. But um, apart from that, since the day I've had it, I really haven't hasn't fallen out at all. So it was obviously an upgrade or something going on there today. But anyway, that's an improvement. Well, let's let's hope it sticks with us. So listen, Charlie, tell me, um, what do you do? Um, how long have you been doing it? But, yeah, a little bit about your background, please. Yeah, absolutely, Jonathan. Um, so I run. Uh, an agribusiness, um, which is essentially a you know a stop and stay agency, which has been diversified to accommodate the requirements of our clients. So uh, basically, where where Heart Rule Agencies is a livestock, property, and merchandise business um, that has also diversified into some other areas. So we have a contract farming business attached to it. Um, we deliver pellets. We've got a pellet delivery truck. We've got a a yard or you know a livestock yard building um manufacturing works in manila so uh called m&m stockyard so we've basically diversified um across our client base uh and i'm the managing director of the company um i've got a management team under me about about six others and we run about 36 staff most of the time so uh yeah so we're, we're predominantly you know, I'd love to say I manage this thing all the time, but I don't. Uh, I'm, I'm a salesperson, so I'm, I'm out selling probably. And, you know, as soon as I leave here, I'm out weighing and selling cattle. Um, so I rely on those six um, management staff to help me manage the business, basically. Excellent. 
And so tell me, who is your, uh, who's your best, who's your best customer? Who's your ideal client? Um, yeah, we've, we've got these, uh, documented. So basically our best client would be a large cattle breed. So, um, the likes of the five, six, seven thousand acre property here, which would be a good sized property. Uh, they run, you know, six, 700 cows. Um, we help them. Uh, with their breeding, we help them with their marketing of their livestock. We help them with their um, agronomy, um, and we also provide all our goods and services, which would be you know from um, stockyards right through to drench to vaccine to um, farming their crops for them. So yeah, our ideal client is a large cattle grazer. Yeah, and in in what area? Uh, pretty much within the Bing, Rafaraba, and Manila area. So there's three three towns there that are about. 50 kilometers apart um, and they're, they're funny enough they're quite different Barab is sort of a, the largest scale grazing area Manila is a smaller farming area and Bingra is a bit more diverse um, so there's differences between the three but on the whole um, it's all slopes and graze uh, slopes and plains grazing country okay well it's, a, it's an interesting business you're in I um I coach um, a, a co-op and um so yeah, um, and I know that you've got a um, a very active co-op in Chamworth. So it's it's um, uh, interesting area you've, you've chosen to compete in. Yes, yeah, yeah. No, we do compete with. You know, we always got Inverell, Armadale, Tamworth. We've got all the major Gunnedah, Narrabri, Moree. So we sit in the middle of all those reasonably big towns. But you know, we provide a service um, that's yeah, it's a little bit more individual and. As we've learned over the years, that you know, it, it all comes down to relationships. You know, you know, basically, you know, we've built strong relationships with um with a with a large clientele, and and that's been the been the basically the the um, the guts of our business. You know. So tell me, we've been all been through the pandemic. Looks as though we're hopefully coming out the other side. Um, what are the, some of the things that you implemented into the business during the pandemic that have stuck with you? Yeah, well, you know, business has changed so much over the years. It, you know, I'll, I'll talk about the pandemic in a minute, but, you know, we've been in business 28 years now. So, you know, when we first started, like, you know, we were we were still using the DOS systems on the computers and, you know, it was all very basic. You know, we were booking merchandise out manually, um, you know, and then we, we go through the age where we, we sort of get a bit more technological, technological. And when we get to the pandemic, well, it ramped right up. And I, I found the thing that came out of that for us was the Zoom meetings, um, you know, that's something that we use every week now because we've got, you know, four different locations. Um, you know, our management meetings on Thursday mornings are all done all on Zoom. So that's changed our life completely. We would never have thought of that before the pandemic, to be honest. We would have been, would have been, would have been something that we would have probably, you know, we wouldn't have done or we would have had to meet somewhere and it took time out and petrol and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, that's changed us. Um, the way we treat our staff, um, certainly, you know, we we had to work through all that because you know we we run a family oriented business so we've got a lot, a lot of our staff have have children like young children and i think we've had you know through the years i think we've had 50 odd kids born you know so we've we've done well we've bred, bred a lot of bred a lot of good you know humans and australians and and um so it's been fun and i'd always invited i mean i had six kids myself so i was always the kids always been part of the business so you know when the pandemic came along you know they sort of Obviously, people retreated back to their houses, and we ran up, and to some extent, the, the, especially the ones with kids. Um, you know, we were a we were a, um, deemed a an essential business, so we were open. 
Um, but a lot of the, a lot of the girls in my office, there's about seven of them work in my office, and um, they were working from home. That all, that was a, that was successful. Um, they still do a little bit of that, but mainly it's probably ninety percent back to the office. Um, but we've learned how to to be very, very empathetic with all that sort of all that sort of family orientated stuff. We've also learned to cope with you know the flu, you know not just um, you know uh, COVID nineteen. We, we've learned to cope with the flu and you know any sort of thing that comes through the office now. We've got a protocol. We say, right, if you're not well, don't come here. You know, and it, it's it's actually our, our sick days have been so much better. You know, before that, everyone came to work sick because they thought they had to, and basically the whole office got you know influenza and then wiped us out for a few weeks. And so we're we're better at managing that. And um, and I think it's just yeah, we've learned a lot in the short period of time with all that. Mm. No, no, it's it's uh, it's amazing the, the the effect it's had on all of us. Um, tell me. Let's talk about the future. What's it look like, and what do you see as your the main challenges going for? Well, you know, we're always going to have the challenge of the weather, and I'm not going to dwell on that. But you know, the problem with the weather is that no one can really predict it well enough, you know, for us to make any really strong decisions around it. See, so we're sitting in a position now where we've got a dry, had a dry winter. Um, we're looking at a dry spring because of that's what they're telling us. There's no real evidence. They haven't even locked in the El Nino. So our challenges are going forward are always going to be weather. So I won't harp on that. But that's that's it's got a lot to do with our business. It's a very seasonal business, gray grazing and trading and breeding livestock. So that's definitely something we need to we're always on top of, but you know, we really can't make a lot of strong decisions around it because they quite often get it. They they haven't got enough information for them to get it right. So that's always a challenge. Um we're also part of the beef world, so that, you know we Australia's um, is you know it's a big part of the the world beef market. So we export seventy percent of our our product. So we are forever involved in what's going on in the rest of the world. So even though things could be great here, they mightn't be much good in China, Korea, Japan, America. So therefore, we've got a market. So at the moment, we've got a downturn market, a dry season, um, and it's it's looking pretty nasty. So you know those challenges. From where we were this time last year, Jonathan, you would not even write your worst nightmare to where it's got to. So, you know, we're back to about 30% of our cattle price on this time last year um, and and no season. So it's a big turnaround for our clients. Our clients react to that. So we're forever dealing with reacting clients or helping them make decisions, you know. So, you know, if it's getting dry, we make decisions around selling cattle, around breeding cattle. We've got to make a lot of decisions. And I, I quite often sit in and... I focus on on my larger clients and sitting down with them regularly and making a business plan for them going into these into these more challenging times. And and same happens when when things get you know the last three years where there's been more rain and a rising market. Well, same thing. We built their herds, we built them in the right direction. We got involved in supply chains. So we've we're very strong about you know being involved with our clients on, on a regular basis, helping them make decisions. But it's always going to be a challenge, and going forward, we'll continue to do that. Um, and we're not going to change where we focus our business too much, because um, essentially we're we're right at the potty end of luxury beef. We breed a lot of Wagyu Angus cross cattle, um, and these this has been very successful. Yeah, at the moment, you would question that because it's it's, it's luxury beef, and that's hard to sell at present. But um, we'll fo- we'll keep focusing on that down down the track. We'll probably even get further down the pipeline. So at this moment, we're breeders. Um, we'll probably become feedlotters, and we might even start to get involved in in selling, uh, you know, in a joint venture into selling 
some of the meat products that we, we're producing because they're such high quality. You know, we're, we're breeding, you know, we're DNA testing females, we're, we're buying the best pills we can buy, and we're really producing top a top article. And that's that's part of what our business does. You know, we're trying to really produce a top quality article, and that's moving forward. We'll continue to do that. Yeah, I'm going to sound like an expert, which I'm certainly not, but um, I was fascinated with your comment, comment about agronomy and um, uh, the the emphasis, the, the importance of an agronomy. And people who don't know what an agronomist is, helps with soil quality, soil quality helps with you know, pasture quality, helps with advising um, uh, farmers on what, what, to, what to plant where and how to improve um, yields and all of that. Um, but you know, with my co-op plant, it's um, yeah, that is one of the, the key lead relationships um, drivers, I suppose, for for their for their clients is having that agronomy service. So it all comes back to having the you know, um, relationship. Uh, even though you're you know, out in the in inverted commas the boondocks, um, the relationships with your clients um, is is always important. Yeah, really important, and that's where we we basically I mean, I, I learned that from watching other bigger businesses you know we, we've got a really good clientele we, we established that clientele as as a cattle um, agent and as a property agent and a but then we thought oh well we, we can do more for these guys so then we bought you know we've got four seeding air seeders so we, we actually grow crops for them um, and that all came from just trying to make it more productive so instead of growing our clientele i made a decision to grow our clients so the clients that that were going to be part of our operation and be strong relationships to us we've grown them significantly so we farm their crops we we advise them with agronomy um we help production so when i drive into a farm now i don't just talk to them about what the cattle are worth i talk to them what about what are you doing with that paddock there we can farm that you know we can put you know there's a lot of new varieties of pasture you know with this net zero thing coming up which is another thing we're looking at for the future there's more um conducive pastures to net zero so some of the, the new pastures actually have got less emissions uh, more carbon growing ability so we're all part of that process and because we've got the machines because we're the agronomists we're just part of the whole process you know so that that for me is the enjoyable side of the business is seeing a client do really well and and, and engaging in in best practice and and that's what we what's what, what's what we really like to be involved in yeah, and it's interesting. I was talking to a client yesterday. You know, how to grow your business? So really, three key ways. One is you deepen your relationship with, the, with your current clients. Obviously, that's where you've got um, grow new clients. And um, thirdly, is um, grow the product um, sweetly selling to your current clients. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. You're, right, you're right on them. Yeah, and that's what we've done. We, you know, they're, they're, when you live in a small country town, the clients are not just your clients; they're your friends, and they're the people you go to, you go and watch. You know, you've played rugby with them. You you know, you play golf if you get a chance to play a bit of golf, or you know, we we travel away to look at our cattle and feed lots, and you know, we become it's very much a community based um, operation. Where you know, we we basically you know, as you'd understand, we sponsor everything, we're involved in everything, our names on everything, so you become part of the community. You know, all these little towns, you become part of the community. And um, yeah, we're big employers in these towns, so we're we're very we're, we're pretty important to the whole social fabric, really. Yeah, no, that's very important. So, tell me, what do you reckon has been um, your biggest learning since you've become a business owner? Uh, I think um, I think myself over the years, I've learnt to be 
really macro about manage. I, I give my staff a lot of responsibility. You know, I find that if I get micro with my staff, you know, and, and nitpicky and penny pinch and all that sort of stuff, it just it it takes the emphasis off where we want to be. Um, so I I've learned to be you know a bit more macro about it and say, well, I want you guys to learn. I want you guys to run this business. I want you to, and so I've. And that's that's more a style of doing it. I so I work hard. I lead by by example, um, and and I don't get caught up in the little bits and pieces. I mean, I've got people that can check on that stuff, but I don't. You know, if someone I, I love people make mistakes because I just and I always say to them, don't worry about the mistake because you know you've learned something. You'll do it better next time, and it's you know it's become a really major part. I I still make mistakes, and I I think you got to do that. Um, you know, obviously that you know. The building the relationships been something I've learned all the way, and of course the most important thing the whole lot is cash flow. I mean, you can have the most wonderful business, but if you haven't got people paying their bills um, in a timely manner, and you make bad decisions around that, you know it doesn't matter how good you are at this or how good your relationships are, you can't run a business without cash in the you know cash in the system. So it's it's something that you you know I can't emphasise to anyone more. That's in getting involved in a in a the private business. Um, you know, cash is king. That and it sounds generic, but it's it's the truest thing ever. Like you can't do it without cash. Absolutely. Mm. Tell me, when you think about the word successful, who comes to mind and why? Um, I probably read the most books about Richard Rich and Branson. You know, and the reason I liked him was because he he did it, he, and I've learned so much from that. That's why I've leveraged my clientele. That's why I've grown because. You know, he essentially started, he started Virgin because British Airways were, let's be like corner CR, priced themselves out. Yep. So he goes and, so he, he established a clientele by doing that. And as soon as he did that, he realized, oh, okay, I can sell them all sorts of stuff. Now he sell insurance, money, you know, cruises. So I think he's the most interesting person. And, and he's and he's a big thinker. And I love that big thinking, you know, you know why don't we try this? Why don't we do that? You know, that's how I got into, into contract farming. So, well, you know, People are having trouble getting their crops in. Well, let's fix that. Let's get a machine and help them. You know, let's get two machines. Let's get now we've got four. You know, so that's you just got to think out. I just think big think and and being great with your staff, like forming that culture. And I probably didn't mention before. Like, you know, we have a quarterly staff meeting. All our staff get together. We we meet at six o'clock. We, you know, in the winter we've got a big fire pit going. We all drink beers and I talk to everyone for about ten minutes and say, this is our wins for the quarter. This is what next quarter looks like. Love you guys. Let's have a beer together. You know, we we have a great time. So I, I sort of love that for that. And every week I I see all my staff. So I, I go to Gunnar Castle. I come back to Manila. See my staff there at the both places. Go and shake the hands. How was your weekend? What went on? Really important for me. Um, even though I'm flat out busy with clients, most important thing is like I get to pat all the staff on the back, whether it's good or bad. Just say good day. How are you? How's things at home? Good. See you later. You know. Yeah. So um, that's important to me. Excellent. Thank you. So you, you, you said you're a reader. You've mentioned Richard Branson's books. Um, what other um, the books, podcasts, blogs you know, do you follow that you'd recommend? I sort of go, I go from that business stuff straight to sport, really, you know, I listen to fair sport stuff. I'm a cricket, mad cricket fan. Um, I went to the Ashes in the other day. I went, went over there for a week or so. Um, yeah, so a lot of cricket stuff. A lot of Steve. I was a big Steve War fan. I loved his tenacity and his and his strength of character and his team 
craftsmanship, you know. Um, so I was a big, I used to read a lot of Steve stuff, obviously, through the years. But um, And podcasts, yeah, look, I'm all over the place with the podcast, to be honest with you. You know, I, I love that anyone that talks about client relationship or any relationship sort of stuff, um, really important to me to understand people. Um, and and that's what I do. You know, really, like I'm selling properties and, you know, I deal from people that are, I sold a place last year for $120 million, you know, dealing with blokes that are worth a billion, you know, a lot of money. Be able to deal with those blokes, but then turn around the next day and get a car and so show a place that's worth 200 grand and deal with that person, you know. So just, yeah, I love relationship style podcasts and, and readings and that sort of stuff yeah yeah uh, you said you've got kids how, how many how old are your kids um 18 to 28 oh okay so yes. they're a bit odd for this one i was driving down yeah. the coast this morning and listening to a um uh, a new podcast i've discovered called how other dads dad um and it's it's fabulous but your you, you guys are a bit a bit older than that and um, my guys have um oh, I've got five of them in the workforce, and I'm two weeks off having, having the sixth one left school. So, um, no, they're great. They're good kids. Have a lot of fun with them. You know, one of the one of my biggest achievements is the fact that the kids are, yeah, they've got good friends. They've they've got good jobs, and they're going well. So, I could put everything aside and, and really put that down as as a really big achievement for me to have my kids in such a good spot. Yeah, but great. But says me with two nine year olds. So I've still got a long way on the journey. Oh, and it's lots of enjoyed lots of fun. Well, and you know your point about you know, sponsoring and traveling. You know, I've got my daughter, the under nines, uh, under tens netball grand final this this weekend, and then Saturday we go to the Canberra Seven. Uh, Sunday we go to the Canberra Seven. It's my Sunday place. So all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, it's all fun. We done all that, which has been good. Yeah. So the last question: Any last piece of advice or parting words to um, an entrepreneur or an aspiring entrepreneur? Well, I can say to people is, you know, give it a go because really, I mean, being in being in business for yourself, um, I, I think it's it's a wonderful thing. I really enjoy it. I know a lot of people don't ever want to do it, but if you're even thinking about it, my advice is do it because it's it just changes your life because you know you've got you've got something that's yours. You can grow, and if you're passionate about it, it doesn't. It's not like work. I mean, I. I go to work with a smile on my face. Things are pretty, pretty or horrible at the moment, but I can still go to work with a smile on my face. I, I really enjoy what I do. I don't want to change it. I'm fifty, nearly fifty-seven. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to the future. I've got a couple of sons that have that have stayed in the livestock business. Um, they're, they're not working for me yet, but you know, in the future they could do. Um, so, you know, my suggestion is, you know, get into it, um, give it a go. Um, you know. Build relationships, um, you know. Get a get a business coach. Like, I mean, talk to someone. You know, your 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 role in people's lives and business is really important. You know, I've I've you know, if you're a high level sportsman, you've got a coach. Yeah. You know, it makes a lot of sense to me. I've got a I've got a, a, a bloke that I use, um, and he he deals. He comes and talks to our management team um, every I think it was quarterly, and then and then we have a yearly catch up something um but really important because it just gives you it puts in place a lot of um responsibilities and 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 you know you've you've got business plans and you've got things happening and it's really important in my situation that my staff understand where we want to be you know and you know i've got a seven-year plan a three-year plan a one-year plan um and it just makes it very easy if everyone's on the same page and i really suggest that that and 
apart from starting business, when you get into business, use the sort of um, capability that you've got to help people because you, you don't know it all. There's no chance they've already know it all. Yeah, so you've got to, it's handy to get someone to give you a second opinion or guide you down the right track. You know? So that's that's what I would do. I totally, totally agree with you, but no, I joke as a 63 year old, been a CEO five times, I've made every, every mistake in the book, so you might as well learn from me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Charlie, thank you so much. Pleasure, John. I've really enjoyed the conversation. Yep. Added this There's some fabulous gems in there for um, uh, for the audience to, to, to latch on to. Yeah, troubles with anyone. I'm happy for anyone to contact me or whatever, just, you know, say good day or whatever, or if they're thinking about anything. And, you know, obviously, I'll um, look forward to keeping in touch. Right. So, excuse me, and I'll put your um, contact details um, uh, into the show notes on the, on, the, on the podcast. Yeah, great. Thank you. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks, Charlie. See you. Bye. If you were hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode. And for that, we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We hope you enjoyed this new episode. And if you did, please leave us a review on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, or wherever you watch slash listen. Please share this episode with others who may be interested in this topic. If you want to be a guest on the podcast, please send an email to admin at scaleupgrowth.co. Put be a guest in the subject line and tell me a little about yourself. If you want to gauge where your business growth potential is and identify where the biggest opportunities in your business lie or where the key needs that you need to concentrate on right now are, take our assessment where you will receive personalized advice for improvement. It's quick and free. Go to scaleupgrowth.scoreapp.com. If you would like to work with me one-to-one, I love coaching and get the best outcomes that way. Send me an email to jonathan at scaleupgrowth.co and put one-to-one in the heading. Tell me a bit about your business and let's see how we can apply a great strategy for your business. So that's it for this week. Tune in next time for more great learnings from a scaling entrepreneur.